0: We have uh, suspended the Friday night movie night um, uh, just on precautions of safety. Um, the ladies that were going to be in charge of uh, I, how it, hosting it uh, deemed it necessary to uh, uh, to just on err on the side of caution. So that's what we'll do. Um, any other update? I talked to Bobby Wilson. He Seems to be doing well. Um, said he's a little weak, uh, trying to get his strength back. Uh, I went and I seen Nan Kennedy. Uh, she is, uh, I'm probably going tomorrow, and she said, we Would the would, uh, Life Care Pregnancy Center like some baby clothes? I said, Yes. She said, if She's getting a bag of baby clothes together. I'll bring them so that we can take them the next time. Uh, are there any other pregnant prayer requests
1: to- Toby is on there, but uh, they called me today, and the doctor called the brother and said that along with his vital uh, organs was shut down. <sighs>
0: mm. um, I Um. Pray for Toby. Um. Any other?
2: Walter Webb uh, um, is coming along and going to take a little bit of a misstep and uh, and, uh, he's recovering from that but I think he said he's okay and uh, healing a little bit here and there for some bruises but uh, sends his love. uh. And Brian, um, I can't think of his last name right now, from Canada. Is doing good. good. And thank you for your prayers uh, coming from their connection in Indianapolis. Right. And yeah. of course, um, you may already know that uh, uh, Frank Parker is back to work and he's doing better uh, additionally. So thanks good. for those prayers also. Amen. Um, okay. Ann's doing better. Ann is doing better. She's seeing all the things I need to do around the house her eyesight's returning uh, too fast so, but we're uh, keeping up with her so yeah. far she didn't make it tonight but uh, we we're waiting on a delivery that she had to be there right. for
0: any other oh. Oh, well. well if there's no others we will go to Lord in prayer and uh, we'll get started most glorious Lord God we love you and we thank you for this day Lord we come before you Uh, we give you praise for the provisions that you gave us since we met last Lord we know that uh, we have a long way to go we ask you Lord to protect our protect our country Lord we ask you to be with those people that are stranded in, uh, in a foreign country and Looks like no hope of getting home. Or we ask you to protect them, put a hedge of protection around them. Uh, you now we ask you to uh, just keep them safe, the Christians and 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 also the the Americans that are still in Afghanistan. Or we ask you to uh, to uh, expedite their their return. Uh, or we ask you to. Um, Guard their churches. Put your hand around them. Uh, protect them. Not only the our citizens, but also our, our brothers and sisters that are living in that country. Lord, we ask you to uh, to be with the family, the Pites family, as they mourn the loss of uh, wife and and mom and grandma and just the whole extended family. Lord, we just uh, ask you to be with that family. Uh, wrap your arms around them uh, I know that they're sad but they're also rejoicing that that she is uh, in your care uh, Lord we uh, we ask that you be with uh, the staff that work in our medical facilities and our long term care facilities uh, keep them safe our, our first responders, our military Lord we just ask you to uh, to keep them safe Uh We ask you, Lord, to uh, squash this virus or whatever it is, Lord. Uh, We ask you to squash it. We ask you to to do away with it. Uh, Lord, we know you have the power and, and we're appealing to you for that. We ask you, Lord, to open up your word to us so that tonight we can glean what you would have us to glean Lord that we would cover the, the point that you would have us to make for we love you and we know that, that all we do here is to honor you we pray that it's pleasing allow us to decrease Lord and you increase in all that's done here tonight Lord in Jesus name I pray Amen, Amen. Uh, We started last week on the transfiguration and <clears throat> to be honest with you I don't think we really 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 plowed a little deep on that or deep enough uh, we'll hit it again to start uh, You know, basically we're going from 1 to 13 uh, in, in chapter 17 it, and it, it, there's a lot of a lot of history in here there's a lot of physical things that people need to you know I don't know that we're aware of but uh, uh it, it, there's some there's some pretty dominant things that I think we skip over or we kind of take for granted that everybody sees. Uh, you know he he takes them up Mount Tabor and uh, or Mount excuse me Mount Myra. Uh, it's 3,900 feet. That's a long climb. 3,900 feet. Uh, and it was the highest mountain in the Jewish area Uh, and it's uh, on the way between Caesarea Philippi and Capernaum so it's kind of in between there Uh, the name of the mountain really is the high mountain uh and the name of the high mountain can really never be known uh, for who knew the locality uh, have left no information all they say is a so if you please Harmon if you prefer uh, no one can decide what the actual name of that mountain is and, and, and rightly so because we want to focus on Jesus and what happened on that mountain not the mountain. Uh, and so he gets up there and uh, and he's transfigured before his three disciples that he carried with him. And it's not just that uh, it was a physical transformation, he was transfigured. He was illuminated. Uh, he was in his glory. And then, and then, there was a cloud that came down and covered them. Covered Moses and Elijah and Jesus. Otherwise was known as the Shekinah glory of God. Alright? Referred to in the Old Testament. No man can see the face of God and live. And so, uh, that that cloud was protecting the three disciples. And, And the, the, the thing that I don't think we talked about last week or, or we hit on a lot and Roger you could jump here at any time but uh, uh, when Jesus or when God spoke uh, while he was still speaking uh, behold a bright cloud overshadowed and we'll go back to verse 5
2: uh, let's see here
0: Let it, you know they talk about making the tabernacle one for Moses uh, one for Elijah and one for Jesus and and that was Peter. Alright, so he's talking about Moses, the lawmaker. Elijah, the reformer. And then you have Jesus. And he just put them two on the same... Or he just pulled Jesus down to their level. Let me put it that way. And then God spoke. And, and, and when he spoke, it wasn't just that he, he spoke this because he needed to speak it. He spoke it because... Uh, He was speaking Scripture. And so, uh, when he said, uh, while while he was speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. Now Peter was speaking and God interrupted him while he was speaking. And he was letting him know in no uncertain terms that that Jesus was above everybody else. Jesus was his beloved son who he was well pleased. Jesus was on a completely different plane than Moses and Elijah. So, and he was sitting God Almighty was setting Peter straight, letting him know without a shadow of a doubt who Jesus was, because they had really, really set it up for. In Peter's mind, it was Moses the lawgiver, Elijah the reformer, and Jesus the Messiah, and so they were going to put these three tents up there, and you know, and God knew, no. you know, that's not happening. And uh, all on one
2: level. Yeah, on one level, on the same level, That's, right? And that was that was that was one thing that was wrong. Yeah. There's a couple of things. Yeah, uh, for Christ to
0: be uh, glorious was almost a less matter than for Him to resta- restrain or hide His glory. It was forever His glory that He concealed His glory. And that though uh, though he was rich, for our sakes he became poor. That's Spurgeon. Spurgeon says, you know, that, uh, that for Christ to be glorious and almost a less matter than for Him to restrain or hide His glory, that it's forever His glory uh, that He concealed, that He concealed His glory, and that through and though He was rich. For our sakes, he became poor. He took on the poor, you know. He took on the poor, humble, abode, or, or, or physical of a of a, of a of a common man, not not royalty that he was, but a common man. And he became poor so that we could become rich, so that we could glorify him. And he, he withheld his glory. I mean, just think about this. It was, from the time he started his ministry, he could have shown. It. He could have shown. It. But that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the plan.
2: Yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing thing because right. Isaiah 53 says yeah. that he had no um, yeah. form of comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him uh, I'm going to jump in go ahead, go ahead. This, this is uh, uh, it's kind of starting over a little yeah. bit but you, you remember he is in his state of being God himself He is in a glorified state and the question comes up then can can these three disciples look him in the face the cloud is there suggesting they can't see god but this is god and so so did they see the face or just the glow and knew that jesus was there but was seeing elijah and moses and maybe not the face of jesus at this moment question mark Uh, i like questions uh, makes you focus on what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's in his glorified state. Does he want to leave and come back to earth to his physical nature? Does he do, look? He's he's where he should be. It, does he want to come back? What was right before this? Context is everything mm-hmm. in the Bible. When you come back to the thing, it says, Take up your cross. Mm-hmm. He's come back to pick up the cross here. He's come back to earth and He's going to fulfill the plan of God. Matthew is showing He's fulfillment, fulfillment, fulfillment all the way through mm-hmm. these verses. True to form. Ties these chapters together. Ties it together. He's in fulfillment mode and He's going on. Is He sad? He's, he's talking to Moses and Elijah about what? eschatological things, the things of the future. He's going on. He's got his kingdom started in Peter and laying that foundation rock on the rock of ages. On him. He's going forward. Deliverance. Isaiah was not considered a book of judgment or a book on hope, but rather a book of hope through judgment. Judgment. And that's what Jesus is doing here. This is the hope of everybody on earth through the cross. It's through the cross. You cannot have here the transfiguration without the disfiguration on the cross. There is no glory without the cross. And so it goes on. It goes this point, as Robert Edwards says, the cruel cross. I leave that out sometimes. It was a cruel cross. It was horrible. And Jesus knows that. And He's every bit of a man as every one of us in terms of pain and suffering. Isaiah lays that out beautifully in Isaiah 53. He's going to suffer. He knows it. He's teaching His disciples prior to this to pick up their cross now. Now. He's showing these three. Faith. He's cementing the faith. Notice when He gets back down. The nine are waiting. With little faith. But they haven't seen this. They haven't seen this. This is a picture of... Don't you think that... as a privileged point. Absolutely. They have been able to see this. Uh, uh, Jesus has His disciples with Him when He makes His transfiguration.
0: Alright? And He is not glorified apart from them. Think about that. He let them see it. They've seen His face shine like the sun. They've seen His clothes turn white. And then another thing is that we learn that the Lord Jesus having shown Himself to His apostles thus robed in brightness now this is Spurgeon again, is that we are scarcely aware of the glory of which the human body is capable. Spurgeon, he's he's on there. And then then you got you have Moses and Elijah appearing with Jesus, and and, and behold, it says Moses and Elijah appeared to them, uh, talking with him. You know, uh, remarkably, these two Old Testament guys. Do you know what they had in common? They were caught up. They were caught up, and. and so they appeared with Jesus. And here's the other thing. He showed the disciples that these two men... You know, Moses was 1,400 years before Jesus. Elijah was 900 years. And these two men appeared before these three disciples talking with Jesus in some form of transfigured, resurrected body. Apparently alive. Yeah, exactly. Apparently a lie. Because they... The disciples understood, and they seen, and so you had you had you had the representative of the law, you had the representative of the prophet, and they were alive, and then you have Jesus, uh, the the Messiah, and, and you know, and so do uh, you think about this? Uh, we can we can. Guzak says, says we can say also that Moses and Elijah represent those who were called up to God. Moses, we understand that at Jude 9. Elijah at 2 Kings Uh, 2.11. More specifically, Moses represents those who died and go to glory. And Elijah represents those who were called up to heaven without death. As in the rapture described in 1 Thessalonians. Think about that. Think about that. First Thessalonians 4, 13, 16 will tell you about that. Uh, so, you know, we're seeing someone who died and was resurrected. We're seeing someone who was caught up. And so we have the picture, just like it says, we have the picture uh, uh, of the... Uh, Rapture. We have the picture of our state. It's what we have to look forward to, the hope. He's laying it out here before them.
2: going yeah, and he has the, the God in there too. Right, and
0: exactly.
2: God is, is if you recall, right. in the beginning of Matthew, God's voice comes mm-hmm. forward with John the Baptist mm-hmm. when Jesus was was actually baptized, and now it comes here again where eschatologically, yeah. when he's glorified at the yeah. end of time that. This has all the, in my opinion, has all of the, the pieces of the dreadful day of the Lord right. at the end of time. And so what he is showing here in God's voice here in Matthew at Bap, John the Baptist and here the goalposts of the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God. Right. God's voice the beginning and now it ends. Yeah. Think about that. Let me just go add ahead, one more thing in there. It doesn't end, but in the synoptics, this is the last word we get of God's voice. But in John twelve twenty eight, there's a reference to the voice from heaven. It's kind of a third, third person appeal that God is talking to Jesus during that prayer uh, when He's with His disciples in the, in the last, at the Last Supper. But, but in the synoptic, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this is the last word that God says from voice. From, and that's Stephen Williams. I'll right. uh, credit him right. uh, saying that in his Transfiguration of Christ Part 1 and Part 2. He is saying that God has spoken and now, now He has
0: to finish. Right. And, there's a, and there's another thing that, that we see in here. You know, Uh, how God is involved in human life all throughout history. He spoke the world into existence. He created man. He created woman. He spoke to them in the garden. Then you move forward, He spoke to Abraham. You move forward, He spoke to Moses. You move forward, He spoke to Elijah. When Elijah ran Like a rain. Remember? And he and God spoke to him when he was hiding in that cave. You know, so and God's continued to speak through the earth. And here we have it, he spoke when John the Baptist baptized Jesus. He's speaking here. And then he's gonna speak again. You know, uh, and so we, we have to understand that this is also an example that the Father is just as involved with His creation as the Son and the Spirit. And so these are great examples of what what has been happening, and, and you can see it all right here. And they were talking, you know, uh, they spoke uh, of his decease, which he was about. To accomplish at Jerusalem, they spoke of the upcoming work of the cross and, and presumably uh, of the resurrection to follow. That they were afraid. They heard the conversation. Think about that. You know, just uh, just imagine, just imagine you see them. How would you be? Would you be like them? Would you? I don't know that I'd be as bold as Peter to say, "Hey, we need to do this." You know, kind of be like that song. beginning you know, of the mercy. Of, will I even be able to speak at all? Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. um, it it was a, a scene that is so unique. I've got to say this. I hate to, but I've got to say it. People are trying to read a picture of the resurrection back into Jesus' ministry as the transfiguration and this guy again stephen williams says that's baseless right the elements of this transfiguration are so unique so stark compared and the resurrection is so stark in its own element but see here is elijah and and moses okay. you've got elements that have not shown up in any of the resurrection uh, stories uh, and, they're, and they're trying to make they're trying to rationalize this, you cannot rationalize this, this is a point All right. the transfiguration is outside of our realm we cannot get a grip on it we cannot uh, characterize it in human words that's why we're struggling up here if you notice mm-hmm. it's so hard to say what is the purpose what is the reason for these such dissimilar characteristics of the transfiguration here mm-hmm. in the central part of each Matthew Mark Luke mm-hmm. and John doesn't have it but why is it here what is it saying what is John goes on to amplify who Jesus is right. in that in divinity but right. this is a divine moment and it's just really Uh, It takes. It's a mystery of God, the Creator, the Sustainer, the Author of life and death. It engulfs the entire account, if you will. And I credit that to Williams again. And here's the thing, too. You know,
0: uh, Peter made a statement, and the voice of God rebuked him. Peter recognized that he had been rebuked dramatically because the next thing he says is. he said to the Lord, he said, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, let us hear, uh, you know, and it goes on from there and that's when it starts. But, you know, is it good for us to be here? You know, and he, he gets rebuked, you know, from the from God. He gets rebuked from the same voice that said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And the dove
2: lit on him, or something similar to the dove. And he's flat on his face, and the next yeah. moment Jesus says, Don't be afraid. Right. He's confirming the yeah. guy is afraid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah he, he looked was... over there and he saw the disciples fall on their faces in fear, and Jesus said, You know, uh, disciples, to, to get up and don't be afraid. Uh, and when they got up, Jesus was the only one that was there. The others had, had left. Uh, and so Jesus and the disciples went down the mountain, and he commanded them not to tell the other disciples.
2: And, and tell the right. anybody until right. the resurrection,
0: Right. This command was to be until after the after resurrection. After the resurrection, right? After he's resurrected, then they could they could tell that they'd been there. But uh, can you imagine seeing this and coming back? You know, the other guys had to had to be asking them questions because after seeing the kind of glory of God, what happened with Moses when he turned back? He was he had a glow about it. And so I'm sure that them three coming down the mountain, they didn't need a torch. I'm sure that the, the, the light they were putting off enough light to, to guide their own way. I, you know, I don't know that to be so, but uh, I would think so. Uh, and so, you know, uh, Christ explained uh, to John uh, that, that John fulfilled the ministry of Elijah. He goes on, you know, that, uh, you know, Jesus answered and said to them, uh, "...indeed, Elijah is coming." Uh, first, and will uh, and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah's already came. And that was John the Baptist. John the Baptist came in the power of Elijah. That's that's what he did. He he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. So Elijah's already came. Uh, things will be restored but not like they think. Things are going to be restored, uh, but it's down the road. Um, And so uh, Christ explained it to him. You know, uh, Jesus said the scribes did not know him and rejected him. What did they do to Elijah? What did they do to the prophets? They always rejected the prophets. Uh, Then Jesus said that the Son of Man... Would also be rejected. So he's telling them he's preparing them because the, 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 real, the real obstruction is fixing the start. Once we get into verse 20, that's when it really the rejection of Christ really takes on uh, uh, a new, a new deal. Uh, and so Jesus said that the Son of Man would also be rejected. the religious leaders rejected Christ as the king. They rejected him as the king. Jesus caused them to understand that he spoke of John the Baptist. He caused the disciples to understand that he was speaking of John the Baptist. Uh, and so, uh, that's what he was explaining to them. That's what they would do. Uh, and so, uh, he the perspective of proper attitude is what we're fixing to, to get to next. All right. So, uh, instruction about faith. We. We kind of covered that transfiguration, I think, pretty well. Sealing your faith. Yes. Right now we go forward. Now we go forward. They, they come down the mountain, uh, and he's explaining it to them. And says, "So when they had come up, uh, when they'd come up to the multitude, uh, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is uh, an epileptic and suffers severely.'" Uh, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water so I brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him then Jesus answered and said "O oh, faithless and uh, perverse generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I bear with you bring him here to me and Jesus rebuked the demons and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you see this mountain, or you say to this mountain, move from uh, from here to there, and it will move. But nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind of, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And so he was letting them know that their faith, they had a little faith. They still had a little faith. Can you imagine that if they had had the faith that told that the mountain they just come down on to move and it moved? It's prayer and fasting and belief. That's kind of what I preached about Sunday. You know, we need to be Believing in what Christ has said, we need to put our whole weight, our whole weight on you, of everything that we have. That's what He expects from us. He delights in that. He delights in us freely relying upon Him for everything. You know, it's,
2: it's uh, I think, in God pursues us that right? Uh-huh. He, he. Uh, He's doing all this for the people. Um, it reminded me this week, um, having withdrawal symptoms from doing something, you know, by going out and spreading the word. After your sermon, it's all your fault. Uh, we, uh, we uh, Ann and I, decided we would give it a try. So it, it didn't work. But it uh, uh, got stood up. Stood up. Uh, they didn't show up. And so um eventually called and said they were uh running from us they were they were overcome by emotion that we would reach out to them and were running from us from me, in particular that I should be interested in them and their plight at the moment mm-hmm. and i was I didn't even know what their plight was, but i was I was told by God to pursue them, and they're saying uh Thank you, thank you, thank you, but no, uh, not right now, uh, later. Um, and that's the way God is. God, and reminded me, God is this um, pursuer of His creation. And in this situation here, He has to tell us and remind us that it's God's work right here. It's His it's His power, and so when He's saying you have little faith, He's saying it comes by prayer mm-hmm. and by fasting, mm-hmm. and then the will of God. The will of God. Yeah, you're not going to throw a mountain down the in the valley just for fun. It's got to be the will of God, and so but but you can. You have to have at least the faith of a mustard seed, so that. It makes it impossible for us to wrap our heads Mm -hmm. around this little faith that is required. But um, we must be like that little child Mm -hmm. and say we don't know, we don't care. If we're asked to do this, we do it. And we are asked here by a man, the disciples are, and we would be a disciple too. Ask for healing for someone. We would pray for them. We would do more than pray. We, we would um, pursue them, uh, in a sense, with, with the grace of Jesus Christ. But we would come to a point where we put our arms around them and say, yeah, just be there. Just be there. I heard that this week. That you've done enough. You're just there. And I don't get that, but anyway, but but that's what people want to know that you care. They don't care about what you're talking about. They want to know that you care about them. You have to show it some way. Sometimes it's just being there, but other times it's doing something for them. But here, faith that God can take and make something out of nothing something out of nothing because it leaves nothing impossible in this in this characterization of the mustard seed it leaves nothing impossible that's that's a pretty big level of stuff and so um is we have not because we ask not. All right. Now, I, I need to get in. Yes. <laughs> okay. You okay. right. got your yes. spot spotted. You
0: remember our children, when we were raising our children, especially when they were little, like, take them as four. And then he's at the age that if he sees something he wants, he will ask you. He don't, you know, he, don't, he don't care. He knows that you have it. You have the ability to meet his needs, and he asks you for it. Think about our children. That's what they do. They ask. They don't care. You know, Oh, I can't believe you asked. I wanted it, Papa. We're to come to Christ like that. We're to, we're to believe He has the answers. We're to believe He has the ability to give us what we ask for. And then come to Him like that, like little Tatham or little grandkids or whatever, little, little toddlers, they will ask you. I want. Can I have a Pepsi? They don't know if you, you know. And here they don't know if you got one. They probably do, but they don't have a problem. And Gina, tell you, and Diane, they don't have a problem asking you for something if they want. If they need to go, can I go to the bathroom? Can I do this? Can I have that? Can I have this? You know, we get. We sometimes we get frustrated because of all the can I, can I, can I. Well, we need to have that... They believe you're going to give it to them when they ask. They know you have the ability, but they firmly believe that if they ask you, you're going to give it to them. Why? Because you love them. And so we need to firmly believe that when we ask Jesus for something, He is firmly going to give it to them. Why? He loves us. Because He loves them. Yes. There's nothing that we should be ashamed to ask Him for. Because when we're in our right relationship, when we're prayed up, when, when we are praying and, and we're fasting and, and we're concentrating on God and putting everything before Him, He's going to honor that. And we're going to ask the right things. It's not like, Lord, I want to, I want to hit the lot lotto. I'm sure there's some people that haven't got it. I don't know. I'm just saying. But if I ask, Lord, if You will... I need you to intervene in so-and-so's life. They're, they're struggling. Lord, I need you to heal them. Whatever it is that's going on, you know, if this addiction, whatever it is, Lord, we need you. I'm asking you. I know you have the power. I know you can do this. I believe you'll do it on their behalf. And, and, and know that it's going to happen. It might not happen right then, but it's going to happen. And trust that and believe that. You know, think about it. You know, if they want something, how persistent are they in asking you for something? They'll wear you out.
2: They will wear you out. Like, that, the, like the woman, the Gentile they, woman exactly. at the table. That's right. um, She says, um, even, he, was, he said, why should I take the food from the okay. from the Jewish people and give it? To the dogs, I mean, meaning in a central way that to you guys. And she said, well, even us dogs eat crumbs from the master's table. Right. And uh, Lord, um, and she got what she asked for because she had that mustard seed of faith. That's right. You know, and so
0: and he, you know he, he, he calls them out he calls the disciples out but not only him the disciples but everybody there in that multitude you pervert uh, said perverse that the generation. generation was faithless and pervert yeah. faithless and pervert now you have to understand where he's at predominantly Gentile area and the Jews that are there are very very uh, I wouldn't say orthodox they 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 go with the wind. Uh, And so, uh, you know, and and Jesus asked, how long would he be with his disciples? He was asking, how long will I be with you? You know, uh, and Jesus asked, uh, how long should he bear with them? Think about that. The creator of the universe in the flesh how long should I bear with you? How long will I be with you? You know, I'm sure the three that just come down the mountain, I'm sure they got it. They were I don't know speechless. about the, the, the other nine, but them they three got so it. Speechless. Boys. Yes, exactly. You don't hear them making any <laughs> comments right here. You know, especially
2: especially Peter. He's done learned his lesson. You know, for a while anyway. But uh, uh, And he doesn't know this boy's name. No. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, they had to have the... The Jewish people anyway, mm-hmm. the Pharisees had to know the name right. to call out. Uh, what? Uh, this one comes out by prayer and fasting. This one's a difficult one, yeah. it sounds like. He didn't know his name. He called it out a, anyway. He
0: rebuked the demon that was in the boy.
2: Momentarily. Yeah. Email. Boom. And Jesus
0: calls the, the demon to come out of the boy. He didn't call him by name. He rebuked the demon. And, and Jesus cured the boy at that very hour. So Christ was asked by his disciples why they couldn't do it. You know, so the disciples questioned Christ, why, why were we not able? You had nine of them. Why were we not able to cast this thing out
2: and heal this boy? Peter was in the back of the room saying, "I, I, I know, I know, <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah." You got <laughs> three back there. They know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know you know, you got. You got.
0: Because of statue and everything, hey, you got a little Johnny back there, you know, yeah. you know, uh, and so uh, that was it. That was the deal. They didn't pray; they just assumed and created and thought that they could just say it and it would come out. You know uh, what happens? You remember? I'm going to fast forward a little. You remember what happened to the three guys who tried to cast the demons out in the name of Peter?
2: And and and,
0: uh, the demons come out and said, "Peter, we know, and Jesus, we know, but who are you?" Took beat them up and took the clothes, made them run home naked. I mean, (laughs) I kind of think that's hilarious, you know? Uh, Yeah,
2: got to be. Notice the disciples asked him in private,
0: right? Yeah, they didn't do that in public. Yeah, 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 they privately went to him, And, and Christ had given them authority over demons about a year earlier. And so they had obviously been casting demons out. Uh, the disciples had, uh, had reported that the demons were subject to them. In, in Luke 10, 17, he makes that statement. You know, they make that statement. But Jesus said that it was due to their unbelief. How many times so far have we heard about them being unbelieved, or having a little faith? Twice on the water. And, uh, and so Jesus said, told them that they needed the, the faith of a mustard seed. He didn't tell them you've got to believe. Even if you have a mustard seed, it's small. Very small. That's how much faith you need. Jesus said uh, nothing would be impossible for them. Because that time came out only by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. There's a lot of things that get accomplished in this world by prayer and fasting. A lot of things. And it's the sign of an effective
1: uh,
0: intercessor. Effective prayer. It's a sign of someone who is matured. Being fervent prayer. A fervent prayer avails much. The fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Uh, and so Jesus taught uh, let's see here Um, and so he gives instructions I don't know if we will try Um, he gives instructions about his death in in verse 22 uh, uh, and we'll carry it to uh, verse uh, 27 I think it is at the end of the chapter yeah I think somewhere in there 27 um and so here we go it says uh, now while they were staying in Galilee Jesus said to them the son of man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him and the third day he will be raised up and they were exceedingly sorrowful Uh, and they were exceedingly sorrowful came to Peter and said does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said yes. And when he had come into the house Jesus anticipated him saying "Uh, what do you think Simon? Uh, From whom do the kings of the earth take their uh, customs or or taxes from? Their sons or from strangers? Peter said from strangers. Jesus said to him then the sons are free. Nevertheless, uh, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take uh, the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's amazing. You know, uh and so uh, he tells them about the death, and they were sorrowful. And then he gets them to the instruction on taxes. Uh, he told them he was going to get killed. He was going to be betrayed. And he was going to be in the grave three days. And he was going to rise again.
2: Again. There's, again. He tells them again. This right. happened in 16 uh, right. 21 to 23. That's right. He just told them. Right. Now he's telling them again. He's reaffirming it.
0: And he will tell them a few more times before it before he's actually on the cross.
2: Uh, and so, uh, you know, the
0: instruction about the taxes.
2: Uh... Before you go there, Lord, go I would ahead. like to say, they were struck with grief. They only heard the first half of this. Remember the judgment part? Yeah. They didn't hear the hope part. And He would be resurrected. They didn't hear it. They were struck with grief over Jesus leaving them and somehow missed the resurrection mm-hmm. promise. Totally. I credit that to McDonald's. The the point being here, this time, Jesus was methodologically moving the plan forward. He was helping them see. Remember, He said, I'm going to be betrayed. Betrayed by who? Well, betrayed into the hands of sinners. He had just come out of the transfiguration and now He's going to be turned over to the sinful hands of man. He was a perfect Lamb of God. Right. And He would be killed by wicked men, it says. Yes. Who betrayed Him? Denied by Peter in Matthew twenty-six seventy, Betrayed by Judas in Matthew 10-4, 26-25, mm-hmm. and 27-3. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was basically... Betrayed by his own. Right. His own. He had to be telling them that. That's where the betrayal is coming yep. from. Yep. The
0: betrayal would be done by Judas. And Christ said that he would be betrayed into the hands of men. And Judas led a group of men to arrest Jesus. Not only did he betray him, but he took him to where he was at. And Christ said those men would kill him. And this was a denial that Christ was, was, was divine. uh, or was God. And Christ said that He would be raised the third day. And some of the disciples, when it happened, later remembered what He had told them in Galilee. That He would be raised on the third day. And Christ saw the disciples become
2: very sorrowful. Why didn't they know this? Why didn't they know this? This is right in Isaiah 52, 13 to Isaiah 53, 12. It's right there. These right. fifteen verses are a song. It's the suffering a fourth mm-hmm. suffering servant song, the fourth one, mm-hmm. and it's there in highlighted in almost perfect
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: characterization of what who Christ was, right. where he was going, and yep. and how he taught and lived in Galilee. The whole thing is right there. They should have known this. This is probably one of the famous... Because Isaiah did four suffering servant songs. This right. is the fourth one and the, and the mm-hmm. most denied. In fact, the Jewish people do not read this in their synagogues purposefully. They do not read it. Mm-hmm. will not read it. Right. But it's the single most powerful... Um, Evangelistic tool that they got in their Bible for coming to Christianity. When they see this and they understand it and they re- they resolve it with what's going on in the New Testament, it leads them right in yep. to the belief in Jesus Christ. Yep.
0: And so he goes on and starts. Uh, Sorry, I couldn't believe. Uh, that no, you're, right good. Now. you're good. You're good. You're <laughs> good. Uh, Jesus taught them about paying tribute, paying taxes. Uh, Peter was questioned by those who collected the temple tax and Christ was with the disciples in Capernaum. Peter at, was asked a question by the tax gatherers or the tax collectors and Peter was asked that Christ was going to pay the temple tax. And the son of, uh, as the Son of God, Christ was exempt from the temple tax. I mean, he's the Son of God. He's the Son of God. And so uh, Peter uh, said that Jesus, uh, Peter said Jesus would pay the temple tax. And, and Peter was asked a question by Christ. Before he could say anything, Christ showed again that he knows our thoughts. Imagine, you know, he, he, just, he wasn't in there. He didn't hear the conversation. And he comes in and answers Peter's question, you know, about the temple tax. And uh, and so he asked Peter, said, uh, Who do kings of the earth tax? Or the kings of the earth tax? And Peter was asked if their sons were taxed or strangers. Peter said strangers. And uh, and so Christ listened to Peter uh, and said kings collected taxes from strangers. And Christ said that uh, that then the son of kings were free from taxes. And Christ told Peter that that he was free. And uh, not to offend the tax gatherers. Uh, Christ told Peter to take a hook and a line and go fishing. Think about it. And he's telling him, so you're gonna catch this fish, and when you bring him in, open up his mouth, and there's the money for the, for the tax.
2: What's the tax for? The tax is for the support of the temple. Right. Now listen to this in Exodus 30:14 right. to 50. Everyone that passeth among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. When they give the offering unto the Lord to make atonement for your souls. Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is still going on now. Hundreds, thousands of years old. Yeah. and then Nehemiah says also we made ordinances for us to charge that was 400 years mm-hmm. before to charge ourselves yearly with the third part of and shekel for the service of the house of our God it had turned into a service for mm-hmm. the house of God by now so it was just a support as I understand yeah. it I don't think they saw it as atonement but the atonement was gone the atonement was here
1: right.
2: <laughs> the atonement was coming um interestingly enough 2 drachmar is a half shekel. Mm-hmm. A 4 drachmar coin is what Peter pulled out of the fish which was linked it was together it was one coin for who Peter and Jesus, one coin for Peter and Je- they were in service together linked that's an interesting parallel. Uh, you know,
0: think about this. Christ just showed Peter once again that He knows all things. Not only did He show Peter, He showed the rest of the disciples that was in the house. That's my that that little blink you keep hearing going off. That's my uh, cameras at the house, security cameras. So uh, they're going they're going in and out of the house. So. You, uh, I guess the boys are having fun. Uh, Christ said Peter would find a piece of money in the mouth. And Peter learned to submit to those in authority. Those in authority. And that's something that we all need to learn. To think to submit to those in authority. Christ said the money would be enough for both of them. So the temple tax for each man was half a shekel. And so what would he find? A shekel. A shekel. You know, it, it just... It's it's amazing to me that you know uh, reading this uh, all the things that was happening. You know, I'm sure that the three had a little bit more insight than the nine. I'm sure they did, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it rubbed off because it was, how do you how can you just do this? You know, the conversations they have around the campfire. You know, well, listen, I just I just feel it in my bones. You know, I just. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, you can't explain it because you you were told not to you know you were told not to tell and so you have a little bit of how do I put it you have a
2: you had to be there
0: yeah one of them you had to be there and and you know so and they still they those three still had issues you know uh they still had issues I mean Peter he we'll see he has some more issues. That we uh, uh that we'll get into a little later. We got about five minutes. Any questions? Any comments? Any anything?
2: Why did we miss? It's a it's a very interesting turning point, and it's and it's a deliberate turning point. Yeah and still Matthew is hanging on to the fulfillment as it goes fulfillment, fulfillment, fulfillment yeah,
0: 18 and 19 are going to be the, him still revealing the kingdom to the disciples and then 20 uh, it'll start with, uh, to the end the, uh, the outright rejection of Christ uh, it, it'll get hostile and, and he, uh, he he knows what buttons to push of course he does uh, to get them To get them fired up, and uh, imagine this. Just think about this. You're supposed to be the religious leader, and you got a guy that's a Nazareth, you know, a Nazarite or whatever you want to call. You know, he and he is embarrassing They're supposed to be the most intelligent people and the 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 most renowned learners of the law and and the prophet. And he's embarrassing them. Not just embarrassing them, but he's doing it in front of crowds. And he's leaving them speechless. He's leaving them speechless. You know, so, uh, it's all the plan of God. And uh, we don't understand it, but you know, you can be... What does he tell you? He said, you know, that if you're proud and think you're wise, you're going to wind up being nothing. You're going to be humbled, and you're not going to know anything that you think you know. And uh, so he's, he's, not only is he telling them, he's really, if you put it in layman's terms, Jesus is calling his shot, and then, he, and then he's doing it. He's telling them ahead of time, this is what's going to happen, and then he does. He's not done anything yet that he ain't already told him he was going to do. And they, that they didn't, if they if they learned all the lessons and re, and memorized the stuff they were memorizing as a child, they already knew this, but this hadn't hadn't clicked. And it hadn't had clicked.
2: Put it in place. Yeah. But the takeaway message uh, in all of these chapters so far is is one thing, mm-hmm. and, and I mean you can get a lot of, a lot more out of it mm-hmm. than that. but One thing: care about people and yeah. care about does our country care about people, how do we care, how we as Christians how do we care about a person right. Right. I mean I'm talking to myself when I say that, how do right. I care about a person and, and you know I right. can't even come close to how right. God does it but, right. but to care about a person and you practice that one at a time you know right. listen, you can't do it like God can do it, caring about everybody but you just Care about people. Care about what? Twelve disciples. Care about sending them out to care about other people. They send the seventy-two out. Care about people, healing people, throwing the demons out, Mm -hmm. and giving them what they want. Caring about people. Caring about the nation of Israel, Mm -hmm. and it gets bigger. There now you got the kingdom of God going on, which is Matthew's trying to explode here. Mm -hmm. Caring about. The world, and we can't do that. We do it one on one with one person, but God is doing it in the kingdom of God. Look at it. in the second fastest growing country in Christianity. Do you hear that mm-hmm. one lately? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you don't. Go ahead. Well, it is right where Afghanistan sits. Second fastest growing Christianity first is Iran second is Afghanistan mm-hmm. in terms of speed right. of Christianity growth mm-hmm. that doesn't mean size but it means speed and, and how they're coming to Christ and so um, wow, right. in the most persecuted of all countries it's happening fast
0: Yep. Any other questions, comments? I think
1: after that asking and believing and asking prayer. Yeah. Um, talk about the prayer and fasting. You know, fasting is always a way you to draw closer to God. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of hit it, talking about it, even a parent and a child scenario. Right. But the more we're in the Word, the closer we draw to God, mm-hmm. our prayer is more in His will. That's right. And we have to know just like my kids, when they ask me for something, this time has gone on and they've got older, they know mm-hmm. what to ask me and what not to ask me. Right. They they know how I'm going to respond. Right. And we're gonna do the same thing, with to be in the word and study and grow. Yeah. And then when we pray we, we can ask in God's will, like sometimes we pray for things that are kind of selfish. Right. Like when somebody's a uh, good friend of mine Joseph Randy passed not long ago and um, which I helped take care of but he was dying and selfishly we would pray to keep him here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But you know, you pray in, in God's will to ultimately heal him and he passed on God answered that prayer by ultimately healing him. Yeah. And he went on. And he it, more healed than that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we have that we have to pray in his will. We have to be careful sometimes how we pray. Saturated
0: in Word Adrian Rogers preached a sermon about that exact thing, about people praying, and he said, you know, he said, I'm not telling you to pray for those that are sick and dying. He says, but here we are praying hard as we can to keep him, and saying God's calling, them. you know. He said we need to understand some of that. And he said and it's hard to do unless he says you're you're in the Word, and the Holy Spirit will start to reveal it to you, and. Uh, uh, yeah it was it was a it was an interesting sermon uh, it was i learned a lot you know and that that's the main thing and i was able to apply some of that to my life any other questions any other comments let's go to the in prayer most glorious Lord God we love you and we thank you for this day lord we thank you for the word we have to that you have delivered to us. We thank you for the understanding uh, that you gave us on these verses. Lord, we continue to rely upon you to guide us through this discussion and this study of your word. Lord, we're just amazed that the more things that we learn, the more details that are in here that, that, that at a casual reading sometimes we glance over. Lord, we love you. We ask you to continue to bless our time together. Keep us safe. Lord, bring us home again. To your house, in Jesus' name I
1: pray, amen.